0: I know that I made the right choice because by staying here, you have the chance to be a part of something that is low compared to the West, but you can help make it a lot better. If you realize the potential that you have to bring change, a positive one, you can end up being more happy because you can give more to the community and to society in general here. Plus it's, for me as a Bulgarian, that's my society, so uh, that's the most meaningful.
1: This is the Back to Bulgaria podcast. Discover life in Bulgaria, one story at a time. Welcome to Back to Bulgaria, the podcast where anyone can better understand what life is like here in Bulgaria. I am your host, Katy Andreva, a crazy American born Bulgarian who has lived in many different cities And now I can officially say that Sofia is my home together with my sister, who's just as crazy. We've decided to start this podcast to share the stories of people who have decided to move or stay in Bulgaria and are now doing some awesome things in this country. Together with our guests, we'll discuss the things that matter to people who would like to move to Bulgaria from the basics of living here to starting a business or career to relationships. We cover it all here. That being said, I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about today with our guest, Bogdan Rezov. So Bogdan here today, he is a entrepreneur who has done some interesting projects and now has some interesting companies here. He is the co-founder of Sketch, co-working space Sketch, as well as he's uh, starting some businesses in different industries such as the health industry where he's trying to disrupt some things there. He'll let <laughs> us know more about it. And also, he is uh, someone who has decided to stay here. He'll share a bit why and what he plans to do in the future. So, Ooh. hey, Bogdan. Hey, hey.
0: <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. You? I'm doing good. On this rainy day.
1: Yeah, the rain. It's. Yeah. Uh, I hear it's a bit... Well, everyone says it's normal for it to rain in May. but. Yep. But is it normal to be this cold is the question.
0: Ah, uh, well, it's not that cold, actually. Mm. I think it's cool.
1: I was wearing my winter like <laughs> a jacket yesterday. Well, yesterday
0: I thought it was going to be very cold, but it turned out to be kind of hot. So yeah, we've got that kind of weather.
1: Yeah, today uh, our the person who's helping us produce, he was saying we're going to start becoming more like London, you know, have a yep. British weather, British economy. <laughs>
0: you know, it's global warming, you never know. Yeah. What's going to happen. Exactly. But yeah, that's one of the uh, things that are said to be good about Bulgaria, the uh, four seasons that we have here.
1: Yeah. The fact that you can go skiing, you can go to the beach. Yeah. You can enjoy the rain, Mm -hmm. you can enjoy the flowers.
0: Yeah. If you don't like the Bulgarian seaside, you can go to the Greek one too.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's true. A little bit of a controversial topic, but yeah, it's true. (laughs) So, let's talk a bit about your life. Can you share with us where you studied, um, what you're doing?
0: Mm -hmm. So, uh, I was born in Sofia, and I've lived here all of my life. I went to a normal school back in the days. What does Uh, that mean, normal school? Like a state school without a uh, specific discipline that you send your kids there to to study, like... A regular block school okay for my high school i went to the american college of sofia which is i still believe the best place in sofia to send your kids to
1: (laughs) why why is it so good
0: uh well it was uh and i still think if you can afford the school even if you can't they give a lot of scholarships it's it's a very good place to go because it teaches you a lot about Stuff that you wouldn't otherwise learn in a non-private school in Bulgaria. And even from the private schools, it's, uh, I believe, the best one because it's, it's just a good school that even kids without that much money can get accepted into because of the scholarship programs. Uh, and it's not like Pashi private elite.
1: Okay, so you went to a high school there. And what were your plans for the future?
0: My plans, who, uh, <laughs> initially I wanted to, uh, I was interested in something in the sphere of the health sciences, like biology, even chemistry. I actually took a lot of chemistry classes as a, you know, as a discipline I uh, specialized into. But I, I was never interested in one sphere, so I never had an idea what type of career I wanted to pursue when I grew up. I just went through school with no prejudice and this is a thing my parents probably helped me for Uh, they didn't push any sort of career path upon me
1: so your life was an open oyster you're like okay what what do (laughs) I want to do
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I can do whatever I want but the question is what yeah which can become very problematic at some point I wanted to change the world through you know helping people live but then I I figured out I would not be able to like discover a medicine uh, that would save lives at like the age of 25 or 30 and I would need to spend all of my life in a a laboratory and uh, that didn't seem like the thing I wanted to do so I got more interested in economics, finance, uh, that sort of thing. Then I thought well I can go Do the financial career in a place like London. But I at some point started to dislike that idea too. So I figured that I wanted to do something which seemed more close to the reality I lived in. And that's when I uh, started thinking about staying here and actually pursuing a path in life that would be mainly centered here in Bulgaria. For many reasons, I decided to study the financial thing, but as a second option and my first option was to uh, study construction management. I went for it uh, and that was a huge crash because I went from the high school that I went to to a university that was supposed to be in is uh, honestly one of the best in Bulgaria but this specific curriculum that I chose was a newly developed thing within the uh, organization of the university so the tutors had a lot of them no idea what was happening and uh, there were some people who didn't show up from the tutors Uh, and yeah that's when we started dropping out (laughs) from the program And yeah, I dropped out there, but I did pursue the construction career, uh, developing a residential, you know, uh, construction development. I mean, I worked that thing for a year or two and that brought me in the real estate sector and from then that brought me to co-working spaces.
1: So let's try to, I have a few questions from what mm-hmm. we just discussed here. Um, you said you wanted to do something that is your reality, mm-hmm. part of your reality. What is your reality here in Bulgaria? Well,
0: my, my experience is probably a bit different from uh, most of the people you've probably interviewed or going to interview because I didn't come back from somewhere else, but I decided to stay here. hmm So uh, for me, it was more like, should I uh, take this huge leap to go to somewhere multiple times more expensive to sustain, to study uh, without like having any income? And that didn't, uh, I didn't like the idea of having to waste time on something that might not turn out to be the most effective for me. So yeah, when I say reality, mm, you're... You're allowed and it's a good thing to have dreams, but there is the other thing which is the reality and you still need to abide by the rules and constraints that your own reality you know, puts on you. You need to make plans for how to use what you already have. Yeah, of course you need to develop more skills, more uh, open views about everything about the world, about life. At the age of, you know, 18, 19, when you're making those decisions, at this age, you already probably know what you can do and what you can't. So uh, you need to choose from what you already have and try to make the best out of it.
1: But from what I hear, it sounds like you had the opportunity and you probably could have done well abroad. You would have gone to a good university. Sure, you would probably have to work something on Mm -hmm. the side. So compared to that and, and the choice that you decided to stay here and to try to develop your the early 20s here, mm-hmm. how how does that compare? What are the, the opportunity cost that you had of staying here instead of going abroad?
0: Yeah, I know that I made the right choice because many people who went abroad didn't end up there. Uh, most of my friends who went abroad actually came back to Bulgaria. A lot of them came back because they couldn't sustain themselves, you know, in the more expensive West. But some of them just came because it was, you know, easier to be here. Yeah, I, I see that. It's <laughs> it's true.
1: Going in that direction. So staying here, you had great opportunities here. Can mm-hmm. we discuss a bit about, by choosing to stay here, how it, how it helped you develop?
0: So um, Bulgaria is behind the you know, Western Europe, America, and a lot of, in most things, yeah. Actually, all of them. (laughs) So, (laughs) by staying here, you have the uh, chance to be a part of something that is low compared to the West, but you can help make it a lot better. Uh, This makes you be more responsible as a person, And uh, if you realize the potential that you have to bring change, a positive one, you can end up being more happy because you can give more to the community and to society in general here. Plus it's, for me as a Bulgarian, that's my society, so uh, that's the most meaningful. I mean the most meaningful community to help.
1: Yeah, so by staying here you had the chance to, or you have the chance to develop And also help promote some kind of change, mm-hmm. uh, bring in some good positive energy into the society, and hopefully create a community where people are doing some.
0: Yeah, because good people, uh, as much as you know, all the economic system is transactional. We also, by doing things and services, we uh, help each other apart from you know the main idea of the service that we're doing. So there is always this residual help and serving that you bring. I believe it's better to give that residual help to your home country.
1: So you realized this already at at nineteen when you graduated. That okay, I want to stay here because I want to be a part of something where I'll have impact. Or,
0: well, at nineteen it wasn't, you know. Yeah, at nineteen, it wasn't the impact that, that was motivating <laughs> me, but you realize that with uh, as time goes on, because people are always looking for a meaning, for a deeper meaning. Uh, at nineteen, I had the options to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I I didn't believe because as a kid I did go out of the country, you know, enough. So I knew what life out there was about. Uh, And it didn't seem, you know, that much better. Mm. Uh, Yeah, the big, cool cities of the world are very big and very cool. (laughs) But uh, what you do, you're still constrained by the same 24 hours. And uh, your bedroom is probably the same size, like, no matter where you live in the world. And... uh, you probably still socialize with the same number of people no matter where you live. So it, it's not that huge of a difference where you are.
1: So you had some experience. You went to, um, to un- you tried university for a little bit in this new program of construction. Mm-hmm. You went a little bit into the r- real estate business, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you do in the real estate industry?
0: So I first worked for uh, a residential development uh, here in Sofia.
1: What did you do there?
0: Administrative work, mainly. Dealing with institutions here in Bulgaria, because that's a well, that's interesting a fun part.
1: <laughs> how, what did you feel about... Um, how does real estate and administrative work with the government uh, go about? Is it difficult?
0: Yeah, well, as long as you uh, don't mess with the wrong person, <laughs> you're going to be okay. But... But this is a stereotype about Bulgaria, I think, that uh, all these unofficial things, all of them are messing around with people. Yes, they are, but I believe they exist anywhere. Probably you know more about America, but I think you can find your way uh, around any constraint if you are motivated enough, uh, and you can find it. You know without doing anything wrong so uh yes it might be hard but uh, you still have to do it so yeah no excuses
1: i think that's true that there's many things uh a lot of people tend to believe Bulgaria. if you want to get anything done you kind of have to go behind the door as it like Mm -hmm. you have to or under the table to get something done but from what i'm hearing from a lot of people you can do things the right way It's just Mm -hmm. you have to be insistent and consistent. So Mm -hmm. people know, oh, with this person, I need to act accordingly. They're not going to give a bribe or they're not going to do something gray. They want to do things the right way. And then they start acting with you accordingly.
0: Yeah, and you build a name for yourself and a reputation of Mm -hmm. being, you know, the way you should be. And that's how you succeed which
1: always probably isn't easy right to try to do things the right way because it's probably tempting sometimes to yeah it could be easier yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, but as i said i think it's uh, quite the same thing anywhere
1: yeah that's true of completely true Um, And then from real estate, you got this idea about doing co-working spaces. How did you get into that idea?
0: So that thing started with a a friend of mine from high school. Uh, We went into the venture together Mm -hmm. and co-founded it. And uh, we initially had to do a lot of mm, manual work yeah that was quite hard and then when you have a thing that's your own you need to work around the clock so that's the hard thing about your your own business Uh, but i think it it pays of course it pays
1: definitely pays off um but why co-working spaces do you see anything in Sofia that shows you that co-working spaces will work or what what gave you the idea
0: well yeah, uh it was when we started a hot thing it still is. Uh a lot of places open. When we started it, it was before the pandemic hit, but we opened after that. So, uh we found a lot of difficulties there. Uh but as time goes on and you do your job, you you know, you end up having the success you probably not the success you initially expected, but you still Make it through uh, any hardship, and then you reach the expected thing, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what are some challenges you went through in opening your first location?
0: It took quite a lot to set them up because we had no experience with uh, makeovers of locations. Uh, so even my experience was not with refitting places that are already built that was quite a hassle took a lot of time a lot of budget you know budgets usually when you do that sort of things they double what i learned is that the more you participate yourself the better anything is and becomes a business in my opinion is a thing that's not like a solopreneur thing Uh, But the truth is that when you start something small, it is a solopreneur thing. Uh, And you at least need to try to do most of the things by yourself. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't let other people to do stuff they have specialized in. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't pay that kind of people to do stuff more professionally. But when you... You know, set aside some budgets for those things to lend over to other people to do professionally. You should try to be there while they do them uh, and to see what they do so that Mm -hmm. you learn those things. Even when you know you're not going to do them yourself, you still need to understand all the processes in any sort of business. Try to be there for everything and with time you get better and better.
1: Yeah. So like you said... Uh, coworking spaces are kind of becoming a, a hot business, let's say, here in Sofia. I feel like every month there is at least one new place opening. <laughs> um, what would you say, the the how people act in this industry? Is it like a collaborative industry between the owners of these coworking spaces or each person their own? Since it is also quite new still, yeah, I guess a lot of businesses are coming to Sofia or... Businesses are also starting up here in Sofia. So people are looking for these kind of spaces. Mm-hmm. And my question is, is there a collaborative effort between the co-working spaces? Do they share any knowledge with each other?
0: Yeah, uh, we generally share. We're generally a community. But a, a change that that's underway uh, or has been underway for the last say two years is that the sector is uh, seeing more real estate companies and landlords partnering with uh, locations. Uh, I mean with, with companies by providing them the locations that they have for uh, the co-working companies to develop. And this is a, a change because it it is a sort of institutionalization of the sector. So it gets more professional it's not the way it has been 10 years ago because it's getting more and more professional and more money is being poured into the sector, not to open new locations, but to give uh, more square footage to co-working companies to manage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, there is an increase in offerings Uh but these, because of this, I guess, the sector is becoming more stable because you see all these big names of landlords uh, being now the owners of a lot of those locations, and that brings some stability.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's always, in a way, good news because that means the market is maturing. There's some standardization. Yeah, yeah. Um there's also more uh, trust st-
0: still there isn't that much standardization this is something that probably needs to get worked on yeah in this regard it's probably not that uh collaborative so far but i guess some standardization is gonna happen yeah and, very soon
1: and trust starts building because i can imagine a few years ago people wanting to open up something like a co-working space the landlord's like what is this what do <laughs> you want to build a place where people work uh, together? <laughs> I yeah. get this kind of question from people who don't know what co-working spaces are well, and they're a bit older. The
0: institutionalization part came around from the COVID uh, because a lot of office buildings, administrative buildings, uh, had their tenants flee because mm-hmm. they couldn't pay the bills. So they need, they needed to fill up those, you know, the buildings. square footage... Uh, with something and the co-working model was something that they tried so they needed to partner with a lot of uh co-working companies to do that Mm -hmm. and that's how it came about yeah
1: well we kind of talked we went very deep into this i know you have one more thing that you're working on which Mm -hmm. is the health
0: (laughs) yep um med globe that's my uh baby that's that i'm having a lot of uh premature labor pains (laughs) with if i can put it that (laughs) way i started developing uh this company that's for uh helping people find treatment abroad uh and that means people from bulgaria finding treatments for things that they can't cure here abroad in better uh Healthcare systems that have access to those new medications, new medical devices uh, and you know more experienced personnel. Uh, but also people from outside of Bulgaria using the low prices of services here for stuff like dental, for example. Uh, so it's both ways, but it's still not there on market. So yeah, we'll see where it will go. Yeah,
1: a lot of I mean, it's a lot of uh, different types of things you've been working on from different types of spheres and industries, and it's interesting to see how you're able to manage and somehow work on these ideas and turn them into companies, even though they're quite different.
0: Yeah, but still, I was interested in biology mainly mm-hmm. as a as an adolescent, not medicine. Uh, but still, the life sciences. So, I guess that's where it came about.
1: Yeah. And it's great that you found a way that you can manage both uh, sides of your brain in a way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, with all of your experience of living here now and also being abroad, you've visited abroad, mm-hmm. you've been to different countries within Europe. Yeah. Um, what do you wish the, our audience knew about Bulgaria?
0: Uh, Bulgaria is a place that's underdeveloped, uh, which means there is a lot of stuff you can do here. You can do it at a fraction of the cost. You can do it in England, in the US, in the Netherlands, in France, Germany, etc. It still has people who are kind. Uh, Many people say that uh, Bulgarians are very nice people. A lot of people say it's the opposite but but I guess there is a uh, you're always gonna find what you're looking for. We have the benefit of having very cheap education and a very cheap healthcare system. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of the bad things uh that you see such as corruption, uh poor management of public finances, of public spending. But if you are uh, employing yourself or if you have a business, it's a good place to be based in for uh, those reasons that it's, it has the benefit of good people and a good community, especially in the IT sector, but at you know, very low living costs if you decide to, to base yourself here.
1: Yeah, that's often what I hear from Bulgarians And also people from abroad who choose to start a business here, they find that it's very easy to meet people, to get good connections, um, start, create your network. And also that it's, um, I mean, the reality is that it's still a bit cheaper than, than Western Europe. I mean, who knows for how long that will continue, but that's, that's still the case. So yep. they can so they can afford building a startup and building something that they really want to to create to have impact while not worrying or stressing too much about paying for their rent or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. their cost of living because it's it's an idea more cheaper than abroad. Yeah. And then if we move into how you see Bulgaria developing, like you said, there are problems here uh it's not all good but I, i'd say me who's i've lived in the u.s i've lived in the netherlands i find problems in those countries that i feel are 10 times bigger than what's happening here in, in bulgaria personally uh i feel here the most of the problem is just people taking ownership of what they're doing and mm-hmm. not and also taking ownership of their expectations and what they expect from others. Yeah. So if I am, um, someone who believes in X, Y, and Z, I have to be open and to state up and to act accordingly. Like people can say, I am, for instance, I am a woman who really believes that, uh, business should be done correctly, that I would like good, good and effective healthcare. And for, um, all administration things to happen digitally. And that we I had to no longer worry about is someone going to bribe me or threaten me if I don't do something because these are often things that I've heard. Of, I when I have conversations with people who are Bulgarians in the in the U.S. or or abroad, that's something they talk about, right? That Bulgaria people bribe you, you can even get threatened. Like these are stories you hear. Yeah. Um, but. What I'm learning a lot by listening to people who live here and stay here is like, yeah, sure. Someone could offer you a bribery, but you could ignore it and just continue doing it correctly. It depends on how you react to the situation, Mm -hmm. not so much that the person is giving you a bribe. And then maybe this mentality of bribery, of corruption, will kind of pass away because people see it's less possible. It's less of an option. People are not agreeing anymore to give me X amount of money just to, I don't know, get my uh, certification that I can open a cup coffee, coffee plates or a, yeah, or th- a restaurant. Th-
0: these things with the bribes and uh, corruption, I think they can be your direct problem at a uh, much higher level. I mean, like money wise. So. For normal people, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think they see that thing and they have to deal with that thing. Like, have you ever been in a situation where somebody requested a bribe from you? I guess. No, No. me
1: personally, yet no. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, and you see, you know, extortion, uh, but that's in the big business sphere. Uh, So, like, people who have many millions and all these big companies. yeah, you, you know the stories from the news. Uh, but I guess that also happens everywhere else.
1: Yeah, exactly. It happens yeah. everywhere. But, but that tends to be the topic when people want to move back.
0: Yeah, it is a topic, but I think it's uh, emphasized too much.
1: I agree. I yeah. agree. It doesn't. Uh, it's like people that come here and they're Italians or Spanish people and don't mm-hmm. listen to the news, don't speak Bulgarian. Yeah. So they're not aware as much of these problems and they love i mean they're like yes i hear there's something like corruption here in bulgaria but i personally have not experienced it that, and i think it's more about what's talked about in the media yeah. than actual experience it's more now focusing on what's happening now maybe not what was 10 years ago but yeah pr- what's probably now. there
0: was a lot of those things on the lower level like a long time ago mm-hmm. uh, but i don't think it exists now.
1: Yeah. So, with all of your ideas and uh, ventures and your beliefs of how you see Bulgaria also developing, um, how, what do you expect to happen in the next five years?
0: Ah, five years is a very short. <laughs> it's short time. <laughs> time. frame. Yeah. Well, for me, I have a lot of plans <laughs> for for Bulgaria. My hope is that the country kind of catches up at least with Romania because Romania has been growing at a, a greater speed than Bulgaria in the past decade uh, which was th- something that nobody expected because they've always been uh, less developed than us, more corrupt uh, now they have a lot less corruption and a lot greater incomes for everybody we can you know rather go down to be uh, on par with Romania in the midterm uh, probably Hungary central europe a bit down the road now what the way to do that would be that's i think that's not us to say that's probably the government uh, so we should give our vote when we can and that's the main way to uh influence those things
1: yeah that's that's for sure one thing we can do as mm-hmm. a society yeah. Is make sure we're voting. We're an active citizen of Bulgaria as mm-hmm. a whole. Mm-hmm. But also for yourself, if you were to say, I hope I am this in five years, how would you finish that sentence?
0: Well, I hope I am, first of all, like healthy. Because as you know, I had this uh, sports injury that quite damaged my... Uh, routine uh my sports routine uh so first this then uh i hope that i've developed most of the uh things that i want to develop now so i i can just start working on them for you know the rest of my life
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh yeah
1: and how would you with these things that you're developing how would you like to help bulgaria
0: Hmm. How would I like to help Bulgaria? Well, uh, directly with taxes, you know, (laughs) directly. Uh, And also employing people. Indirectly, I think if you communicate more with everybody else, uh, you can together as a community do a lot more stuff and get a lot more stuff done, uh, which in economic terms translates to, you know, greater income for everybody and, you know, more GDP, la, la, la. Uh, Because a lot of the problems here in Bulgaria come from just people not communicating that much with each other. There is this thing called, you know, stakeholders in a company or in a country or in an organization in general. And the more stakeholders communicate, the more things get done. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, whether you communicate more with, uh, the state administration, uh, with, you know, with all the people in the building that you live in to like get the, uh, lift of the building fixed because it's like 50 years old. That's, that's again, something that, that you can do that helps everybody. The general thing is that people here don't talk with their neighbors, uh, why? This is a, this is an easy thing you can do. So yeah, uh, more communication, more uh, just know what you can benefit from and what you can help other people's benefit from and do those things together.
1: And that's a great thing to try to be a part of, trying to help communication between people and together getting things done and together yeah, yeah. making uh, Bulgaria the place that we want it to be awesome. So, we have a thing in our podcast where we ask people to draw a question. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we are now with been this one. Waiting. <laughs> yeah, you've been waiting. You've been watching the Silver yep. uh, Bowl right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, go ahead and draw a question. Read it out loud.
0: Oop. So, vacation in Bulgaria. Mountains or sea and why?
1: Mm. Hmm. Is it a hard question?
0: No, it's a, it's a very straightforward one. That's the thing here that you can do both. Sofia is uh, four hours with a car from seaside resorts, both in Bulgaria and in Greece. Uh, that's a, quite a unique thing. And Sofia is also close to like, the Hass Mountains in the Balkan Peninsula. Uh, the biggest ones too. So whatever you want to do, whether that be seaside resorting or uh, mountain views and tracks, uh, that sort of summer tourism, you can do it. You can also do a lot of cultural things here because, you know, history, uh, archaeological sites, cultural sites. Plovdiv is developing very quickly in the cultural sphere. Uh, I'm a fan of Veliko Tarnovo. Uh, it's a really cool place uh we see places that have been forgotten uh again try to uh, rise from the ashes like ruse you know it's an architectural masterpiece uh and other like small towns in the country if i still need to answer the question uh personally i would prefer uh vacationing in a mountain in the summertime.
1: Mm. Why?
0: Uh, Well, I'm a skier, so that's the thing I personally prefer. I'm not a fan of uh, swimming in the sea that much. So, Mm. yeah, it's a a personal thing.
1: Yeah, you prefer the mountains. Yeah, but for... The fresh air.
0: Yeah, but for foreigners, uh, I think they can use everything here. I agree. And that's a a total benefit, a positive thing that the country isn't exploiting as much as it should be.
1: I agree. I don't know if I already said it on this podcast, if I have, I'm just going to say it again. Bulgarians are really bad with their marketing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and, and and in telling the
1: world about the culture we have, the food we have, the nature we have, Mm -hmm. um, the possibilities of enjoying some time In this country, we are very bad.
0: Yeah, but not just the marketing. So I'll get back to the topic of uh, everybody not communicating and trying to be in a very closed private thing. That's true. Uh, Because of this, uh, a lot of construction took place uh, on the Bulgarian seaside. That totally ruined it because uh, everybody, for understandable reasons, you know, 20 years ago when this corruption thing was a huge problem, uh, everybody tried to be you know their own boss so that they don't deal with all the problems so everybody tried to build like a small family hotel to keep everything in control and nobody messing up with them which is why like a lot of small concrete buildings started popping up that's a bad thing but still uh we have enough of nature to play around with we have enough of uh seaside to play around with not everything's been built up uh we see uh the resorts on the seaside that are the most uh hyped up changing and switching you know which is good news yeah which is good news because it means that people here actually have an interest yeah, it's shifting uh, from I mean, the have a taste. St-
1: to, to to elaborate. I switching from the alcoholic tourism, let's go crazy at the beach, Ibiza party style, <laughs> well, <it probably laughs> to something maybe more luck- <laughs> experience-based, Yeah, It, it Not probably just alcohol. still
0: is uh, alcohol-based, but a different kind of thing. Young Bulgarians used to go a lot to Sunny Beach. Now they go more to Suzopo and it and those kind of more underdeveloped places. That might be not so positive though, because it means that we have these huge resorts that are now uh, empty. I guess the country still has to do something about it. But that's uh, again a problem of the country and some things are too big for individuals to solve and for uh, municipal communities to solve. So uh, we should be responsible with who we vote for on the state level so that we don't fall in those kind of traps. But also, even if something develops badly, you should still try to do what you're doing in the best possible way. You're still gonna find where to spend your time. Uh, You shouldn't be uh, unhappy that the country's so bad, la 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 la. There is still a lot of stuff to do. Just do what you like to do, what you can make the most out of and yeah, and you're going to live quite a happy life here.
1: That's a great sentiment and great advice to end the podcast on. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that input.
0: Thank you, Cathy.
1: Thank you for joining us. I mm-hmm. think our audience... Um, Learned quite a lot from our talk here. Thank you for giving us insight of what business does look like here. Also, as a student, how a student make can make their decisions here, whether to go abroad or to stay here, and how even staying here, though it has its difficulties, offers some good opportunities to grow. Mm-hmm. And that doing business the right way is possible. Yeah, uh, I think our audience got a got a good. Mini dive into business life here in Bulgaria. (laughs) If you guys would like to check out his co-working space, you'll see it down below in the notes. A link to Sketch. He has now how many locations in Sofia?
0: Oh, just two. Two?
1: Two Two locations. So I, uh, I urge you guys to check it out. And if you like this podcast, please don't forget to follow or subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also share it with a friend, whether they're living abroad or in Bulgaria, I'm sure they'll find some thought-provoking ideas in this show. Thank you for listening to us and go out and do something awesome today.